All right, good to be in church tonight for five of us. Let's try that again. Good to be in church tonight. And that's still a little iffy, but amen. I'm glad to be here. He started talking about COVID. I came here two years ago, and I realized that maybe that was my end. I got him at a weak moment during COVID, and he signed up to have Dave Spurgeon come. I'm glad he did. I'm glad we're on the schedule to come back. Thank you for many kind comments, and uh, we're looking for the Lord to do something this week. Take your Bible, and let's go first of all to Mark chapter 4. That was a good lesson. Excellent. We could have had an invitation right after uh, what the preacher said to the kids, because everything, uh, it applied to every one of us. Amen. You need to be careful. You need to be mindful of the company you keep. So you ever get around somebody that's doing what uh, those guys were doing, uh, mocking the man of God and uh, or the things of God in any way, you, you want to separate from that crowd. And uh, the judgment fell on them all. And you don't want to be part. You will be... Uh, you will be uh, a judge by the company you keep. Amen? I want to be judged by the company I keep. That's why I stick with God's people. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 4, and verse, uh, we're going to look at verse number 3. And it says, hearken, the Lord speaking, he says, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. All right, there's the parable of the seed and the sower, according to, the Gospel of Mark, go to Luke chapter 8. Luke also gives his, uh, his, uh, his uh, account of it, verse 5. Luke chapter 8, and verse number 5, Bible says this, A sower went out to sow his seed. So now it gets a little more specific. And uh, of course it's understandable when Mark's talking about it, but Luke identifies what he's sowing, he's sowing seed. And that's, uh, I want to just point out something everybody knows. Seeds are small. Small things. This is a uh, little bag of flower seeds. It doesn't say how many's in there. I wish I knew, but I'm not taking the time to count it. But there's a bunch of them in there. I can hear them. And, uh, and uh, they start out small, but according to the picture, they turn out to be flowers. Unless I gave this bag to my wife, then she would put them in the ground and they would die and that'd be it. You'd never see them again. Amen. Some people don't have the knack. But generally, a seed, small seed like that, becomes something much bigger. Uh, for example, I was out in California and uh, went up to Sequoia National Forest, where they, uh, the biggest trees in the world are. And uh, and the biggest tree up there is, for some reason, named the General Sherman. I don't know why. I know he was never in California. But uh, the biggest sequoia, now the redwoods are the tallest, but the sequoias are the biggest. That tree is 275 feet tall and 102 feet around. And they estimate it the way... 2.7 million pounds. That's a big tree. Amen. I was out there, and for context, I got my picture taken with another preacher in front of the tree, 
so that by way of comparison, you get an idea how big it was. It looked like here's a tree, but there's two little figures next to it that were men. Amen. And uh, you know what they say about that? General Sherman, on the plaque, it's a national park, it'll say, about 2,000 years ago, the General Sherman started as a seed. Now, the cone, the conifer cone that that thing started with wouldn't have fit in this bag. They're a little bigger than that. But I guarantee you, compared to what that thing became, it was a very small thing. And as I'm standing there with a preacher, you might know I'm Steve Andrus from Los Angeles. Uh, him and I are looking at this plaque that says, that says, uh, 2000 years and we're looking at each other and we know that when this thing was just breaking earth halfway around the world, our savior was nailed to another tree. Amen. The Bible says this, take your Bible and go to, uh, Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter 6, I'm trusting that's still my water. It is now. (laughs) Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, a familiar verse, the Bible says this, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We're talking about sower, sowing seed, we're talking about seeds, being very small things. Paul writes to us in Galatians, that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And the moral of the story is, little things become big things. That makes it very important for you and I to be careful about what we sow. Let's pray. Father, again, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thankful that we have the freedom to assemble like this. Thank you for people that are interested in coming to church and support the work of the ministry. Thank you, God, for the Bible saying where two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of them. We've had good services last time. We had good services today. And Lord God, we're counting on you meeting with us tonight, not just in your house, but in the corridors of our hearts. Speak to us, Lord God. Reveal anything that might hinder that. Lord, if there's anybody in here that's not saved, pray and show it to them clearly that they need to be and they can be. Thank you, God, for saving a wretch like me. And I pray you'd help me to preach and uh, make sense of this thing, to be a help and blessing to your folks. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The verse in Galatians chapter 6 begins with these words, Be not deceived. That's an admonition Paul used several times. And what it tells you is this. We have a problem with being deceived. Every cult is the result of somebody being deceived. Every false doctrine has the fruit of deceiving people. Paul says, be not deceived. But truth of the matter is, our, our biggest opponent is ourselves. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen. (laughs) Uh, Ever notice how people can talk themselves into just about anything? That's all right if it's quiet, because I'm probably knocking on your door right now. Amen. Uh, Ever notice how people can 
can, can find a reason to justify coveting things they don't need? No, Mrs. Spurgeon, do not amen right there. Amen. Or, or, or talking themselves, making decisions that looking back, they say, what was I thinking? I've been there more than a few times. Bible says, be not deceived. And it's followed by these words. God is not mocked. And that's a reminder to us that if the Bible says it, mark it down. You can take it to the bank. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. And the verse goes on to declare a profound Bible truth, a law, we call it, the law of sowing and reaping. It said, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, Terminology has changed uh, uh, in my lifetime, yours too. I turned 70 last month, amen. I've been in church 32 years, okay? And there's, there's things that I hear in church, words that are common for this day and age that I don't understand what it is. I'm not familiar with it. And I under, I do realize that expressions and, and things change with the times. I was doing a youth camp 20 years ago and, uh, and I said something to one of the kids, uh, about something he was doing wrong. And, uh, and he said, my bad. And I'm standing there waiting for him to finish the sentence. And he, that was the sentence. That was the old sentence. And I'm like, what? Amen. I read, I read the headline of an article about somebody dissing somebody. Who talks like that? I mean, maybe you do. I didn't even know what it meant. The good one was this, and I just, headlines are enough for me. <laughs> and it said somebody was throwing shade on somebody. And I'm like, how do you do that? Then I saw a picture. I saw a picture of a guy at a baseball game, and he's way up in the stands, He's way up in the stands, and it's a sunny day, and uh, and he's got a baseball hat on, backwards, and he's got his hand over his eyes, so he can blot out the sun. And the caption said, if only someone would invent a cap with shade built in. Uh, I had a brainstorm, and I'm not much of an entrepreneur. Uh, but I had a brainstorm. If you go to a mall and they, where they, they'll have a kiosk. Sounds Russian to me. And they'll have a kiosk and they'll be selling ball caps. And people leave out of there with them on sideways, backwards. And I, I figured it out. The reason is they don't come with direction. So I thought if you wanted to make some money, you could rent a little booth, little cart next to the ball cap kiosk and sell little green Velcro arrows that say front. And then when a guy buys a hat, you can say, come here a minute. And he'll come over, and I'd say, look, man, for a buck, you can take this and stick it right onto the bill. And then every time you put your hat on, you'll know which, what do you think? Think that fly? I'll split that with you if you'll do the legwork. <laughs> Amen. Things change. Terminology changes. And, and I get that. Uh, uh, but I was on a, I was on a flight to uh, out west somewhere, one of them that was long enough that that they had a video screen, usually my flight's hopping around 
you don't get that. And I heard a, a thing, it was called a sitcom. Amen. That used to stand for situation comedy when I was a kid. Now I think they should change the name of them to Sit Stupid. Cause it was stupid. But I'll tell you what, it was, it was, uh, it was educational in this regard. I saw on this, some dumb show, a little half hour show, I heard them using words that I had never heard before except in church. And I re- and I wondered where they came from, but now I get it. And it, then that day I became aware that a whole lot of God's people are spending more time in front of the stinking television than they are in their Bible. Amen. Again, things change, terms change, but they, there's an expression from my day. Uh, I heard it probably the first time in the mid-70s. There's an expression that seems to have survived the test of time, and it went like this. What goes around comes around. How many heard that before? Isn't that interesting? Because like we've already uh, agreed on the fact that terminology changes and relevancy of expressions change, but uh, that seems to remain relevant. I was preaching in a juvenile detention center in Columbus, Georgia, 20 years ago, and uh, and I threw that out there to some kids, 16, 15, 16, 17. I mean, you know, one guy killed his parents. It was a pretty serious place. And I uh, and I asked him if they uh, were familiar with that expression, and I was surprised, but they all they all knew it. Uh, what goes around comes around is a warning, and it it means you better be careful because what you say, what you do, how you treat people has consequences. And our, uh, the way we used it on the street was, it was to make you aware that uh, what you do might come back to bite you. Amen. What comes around goes around is great street logic, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, but it didn't come from some gangbanger. It came right out of the King James Bible. Amen. So I want to preach tonight on that thought. What goes around, what comes around goes around. What goes around comes around. I'll get it. You didn't even catch it that I said it wrong, so that's okay. Look at verse 8. We're in Galatians chapter 6. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then verse 8 says this, uh, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So we're still talking about sowing, and reaping, and the first thing it mentions is sowing to the flesh. And the flesh, that's, that's the carnal, that's the temporary. Amen. That's the earthly. Amen. Uh, that word, uh, corruption, uh, by definition means compromise of quality or virtue. Uh, we've got a couple other vi- Bible verses that use the word Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says, uh, 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 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Don't pull me aside and whisper something to me in my ear that you couldn't say in front of someone else. It won't be edifying. It's not that I'm more spiritual than anybody. I'll probably enjoy it. I'm keeping my guard up. Amen. Corrupt communications do 
just what they said. There's another passage that says corrupt communication, uh, evil. Okay, wait a minute. Let me get it right. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And I know some folks that was raised right, but uh, they got in uh, with the evil communication crowd, and uh, they're a long way from where they should be tonight. Amen. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Look over, uh, probably a page over in Galatians chapter 5. Talking about sowing to the flesh, and it says this beginning in verse 19. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, Paul wrote this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Here we go. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Those are the works of the flesh. And the Bible tells us in the verse in Galatians 6 and verse 8 says that he that sought of the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's a list right there. It's there for a reason. That's a list that no Christian should uh, want to be anywhere near. That's a list that a child of God should want to avoid at all cost. Why? Because whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. You sow to that, you'll reap that. And to make matters worse, well, let's say it like this. It's a law. Sooner or later, that'll come back to bite you. And to make matters worse, and preachers use this illustration all the time, you'll reap more than you sowed. Yeah, I'm out in Iowa preaching one time, and I'm talking to a farmer. And, you know, we always use the illustration about corn. If you plant a kernel of corn, it produces a stock of corn, which produces an ear of corn, which produces, you know, more kernels. And here's how that goes. Now, one kernel of corn goes into the ground, produces a stock of corn, generally on average produces two ears. An ear of corn on average produces 800 kernels. Don't ask me who counts these. Probably some college But that means one kernel of corn on average will produce 1,600 more kernels of corn. You do reap more than you sow. Amen. And uh, that's a principle of nature. But friend, it's a Bible principle. It says in Hosea chapter 8 verse 7, They have sown the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. Boy, I'll tell you what, after Hurricane Michael hit the shore down there on the east side of Panama City a couple years ago, and I was coming across from Texas, I went over there, and I've been preaching down there for 30 years, and I went through there, and I mean the skyline of Panama City changed. Mexico Beach was just about devastated. I mean, buildings are gone, but not only that, but trees and and foliage, it shut down Tyndall Air Force Base. I'm going to tell you what, about the time man starts thinking he's got uh, got some power, God will show you, he'll put that in perspective about that fast. And there's a verse that says, you sow the, sow, let me see, let me read it right. For they have sown the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. You don't want to reap the whirlwinds, friend. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. 
Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. This is a good one. I'm sure many of you kids could quote verse 1 at least. It says in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. If you're under 18 years old, that'd be a good place for an amen. I'm waiting. (laughs) Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Amen. And then, it, thank you, son. And then it goes down, it says in verse number two, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Let me tell you something, that's pretty important. I want to tell you that if you sow dishonor in your family, amongst your mom and dad, you'll reap it. And I'm trying to give you a heads up so that you don't. Amen. You sow dishonor, you'll reap dishonor. And the reason is simple. God is not mocked. Amen. Like preacher said, he's holy and he's righteous. And he's righteous. And it said at the end of verse uh, 2, it says, which is the first commandment with promise. And the promise is there in verse 3, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Amen. I know some folks that it's not well with them. Ever. Not their family, not their health, not their finances. It's just never well with them. And let me tell you something, I understand. Trials are part of life, and they're an important part. We learn things from the trials of life. But I also know that uh, there's some folks in churches that I preach at that uh, no doubt the trouble that they're having is a direct result of sowing dishonor amongst their mom and dad. And God doesn't like it. I'm here to tell you that uh, it's so serious that disobedient to parents shows up on the two most serious negative lists in the entire New Testament. And one of them's over there in Romans chapter 1, and the other one's in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it's right up there with murderers and perverts and everything else. So it's serious. Everybody go through their little rebellious phase. You better be real careful about that. Because you'll reap what you sow. I'm trying to help you tonight. Amen. And uh, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Proverbs 16, verse 28 says this. A froward man soweth strife. You know what froward means? I had to look it up. Amen. Not willing to yield. Amen. Never wrong. Not willing to comply. Ungovernable. Governor. Govern, how do you say that? Governable. <laughs> My wife helps me a lot. Amen. Disobedient. That's what forward means. And it says, a forward, forward man soweth strife. And of all, that means this for you and I. If all you do is sow trouble and discord, that's what you're going to reap. Because the Bible says, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. We make appointments that we're not prepared to keep. Amen. I understand post-traumatic stress disorder. I understand that. That's the name that they're using now for something that's going on as long as there's been warfare. 
That's the current name. I get it. But I'm also in churches where a lot more could be getting done for Jesus Christ if there wasn't so much drama. Amen. And let me help you with that. It's not all about you. It was on Calvary 2,000 years ago. It's all about you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do, what they do. And if you got in on the gift of God and you've got your sins forgiven, you're not center of the universe anymore. Amen. We kid around about this concept of heliocentricity and geocentricity. I mean, if you're really bored, that I'm bored just saying it. But I'm just, I'm cutting to the chase here. The problem in the church isn't either one of them about what's the center of the universe. The problem is meocentricity. We live in a day and age where everybody thinks they're the center of the universe. And I got news for you. Uh, Christians don't suffer from post-traumatic they stress disorder. They suffer from post-dramatic stress disorder. Amen. I used to say drama queen, but it's not limited to just women. We got a bunch of drama junkies. And I, I tell you what, who's got time for that foolishness? Amen. Don't be writing this stuff down and acting like you thought of it later. Amen. <laughs> I know how preachers are. I take notes. <laughs> so we're talking about reaping what you've sown. And our verse, uh, verse 8 said, for, the, for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That doesn't sound good. Thank God it doesn't stop there. The verse goes on and says, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. Life everlasting. Uh, I want to give you something else. Take your Bible go to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, and, and I really feel led to point this out. Verse, Proverbs chapter 6, I believe it's verse uh, 16. I believe it is. The Bible says this, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible said, These six things doth the Lord hate. God hates some stuff. Amen. The God of love, the God that is love, hates some things. Do you understand that? That won't make get you a TV show. That's Bible, though. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And it gives them, it says, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that divideth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to run, in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, look what it says, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Remember, the principle that we try to establish is that Sowing starts with very small things, like just little comments, maybe to another brother or sister about a preacher or about, or about a message or about somebody that's come through. Just those little comments that you kind of pretend you're kidding if somebody was to front you. But the Bible does say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or, of course, in this day and age, it's not just little comments. Uh, now people are emboldened even more because it has to do with posts. Right? Isn't that what they call it when you put something on 
social media. Amen. I'm not a fan. You know, you're going to know that by Wednesday, no doubt. Amen. But all those little things that become big things, and you might try to explain it away, but God calls it sowing discord. And God says it's an abomination. Tell you something, in the old days before I got saved, we had issues and we took care of our issues in-house. We called it doing our own laundry. We never let anybody else talk bad about our group. Amen. We weren't allowed to. We didn't let anybody else. And again, we weren't perfect, but we took care of stuff in-house. And Christians, they're prone to run in their mouth. And I'm just here to tell you again, if you've been doing it, God doesn't want, God hates it extremely, and you need to quit it. Why? Because not only as if being an abomination to God isn't bad enough, is that what you want to reap? Is that what you want to reap in your own marriage, in your own family? Discord? Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth. That shall he also reap. This stuff's serious. And if we get a hold of some of this stuff, maybe we could get busy and do something for God instead of having to deal with all this internal baloney that the book tells us, warns us about. That's all right. He still calls men to come in and point it out. And I, and I'm no authority on anything. I thank God for putting me in a church where I got under good sound preaching. And uh, so have you. And you better heed it. We're talking about reaping what you sow tonight, and I will say this. I must need to say this. There is an exception to the law of sowing and reaping, and it is called mercy. Thank God that God's mercy is there for the asking. I got news for you. You got to ask. Amen. If you don't, I'm talking about, not, this ain't words, this isn't lip service. If you don't confess your sin and get that thing right and stop doing it, God's got no choice but to judge you because he's righteous. I'm glad he's righteous. I want him to be righteous. I don't want to be judged unrighteously. And neither do you. And we've done things that if God brought the hammer down, like some preachers make it sound like that's what he wants to do. My Bible tells me that his mercy endureth forever. And I'm glad. I haven't reaped a fraction of what I've sown. Doesn't negate the law. I got in on the mercy of God. And uh, you got something that needs to be repented of. I'm trying to encourage you to take advantage of it. Because if you don't, you just take it in and take it in. You put it on your list, things to do. You ignore it. You roll your eyes. You don't deal with it. You think nobody knows. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You don't get that thing straightened out while you can, while the Holy Spirit of God is putting his finger on it. 
like he is right now for somebody, no doubt in my mind. The Bible says, well, the Bible doesn't say, I say, what goes around comes around. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall, shall he also reap. This is a wake-up call. Amen. We're trying to help you. All right, now, to be fair, the verse says, for he that soweth to the flesh shall love the flesh, reap corruption. Thank God it doesn't stop there. It says, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall love the Spirit, reap life everlasting. If you're going to reap what you sow, it's not all negative. We like preaching it that way. And it seems to be that way. I mean, it does say God is not mocked, but uh, thank God that if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap. You'll reap life everlasting. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 18 says, The wicked worketh the deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Galatians chapter 5, where we led, read the list on the works of the flesh in verse 22 says, But the fruit of the, but the fruit of the spirit, that's what we're talking about sowing to the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. Amen. Now, if you're going to reap what you sow, wouldn't you rather reap from sowing that? That's stuff right there. And remember, the law of sowing and reaping dictates that you reap more than you sow. So I'm reminded of Mark chapter 4 and verse 8, and uh, where it says, Another fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some six, some 30, some 60, and some in hundreds. Amen. It's up to you. But if I was you, I would be more interested in sowing to the Spirit. Now, the flesh isn't happy about that. Let me say this. Everything that has to do with the flesh, that's the body, that's this life, isn't wicked. Eating is necessary. Sleeping is necessary. Amen. Because we're human. Amen. Uh, you feed your spirit. You came in there to church this morning. And uh, and uh, many of you are here, and for a couple hours, we fed the Spirit, and then we went to, where'd we go? Boxcar Willies, where'd we go? Someplace, and fed the, the flesh. And it wasn't evil, and it wasn't wicked. It was pretty good, actually. And they didn't pay me to say that. Amen. But you better get there early, because they filled up. Amen. But uh, they're just necessary things. Working. That's not, I mean, we need to work for the Lord, but you get up and go to work so you can provide for your... Family, that's a good thing. That's, that's, that's the flesh providing for your family, learning. Amen. I, listen, it's okay with God that you have fun. It's all right. Amen. I, I, I tried fishing. That doesn't work. Fish laugh at me. I'd like to hunt, but I, you know, got that little problem with that convicted felon thing. Amen. Uh, I still don't have a clue why anybody would golf. That just doesn't make sense to me. I probably alienated somebody, but that's kind of fun too. But I found something that I can do that I do enjoy doing, and I ride motorcycles. And that, that blows, that blows the cobwebs out for me. And I don't carry it around with me when I travel, uh, but I've got one, and when I get to go home, I'll plan a trip, and amen, and I can do that with a clear conscience. I do what I'm supposed to do for God. And he gives me a chance to just go out and have a good time. And there's no conflict of interest at all. Everything here is what I'm trying to say. Everything that has to do with the flesh isn't evil or wicked. Amen. 
uh, but they're all temporal. <laughs> they all end at the grave. The Bible says, He that sowed the Spirit shall of the flesh of the Spirit, rather, reap life everlasting. If, if your entire life, you might be saved and love Jesus and believe the right Bible, come to church faithfully, but truth of the matter is, if your entire life revolves around the things of this life, amen, you're not going to have anything to show for it in eternity. And eternity is a long time. Amen. Sowing to the Spirit has eternal consequences. I heard somebody say one time, what we do here echoes in eternity. That's a good saying. That is so true. It'll echo one of two ways. It says uh, over there, and I think it's Revelation chapter 5, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And that's thousands upon thousands upon thousands saying that in unison. That'll echo. But there's another echoing going on from another place. And I mean, it's, it goes, have mercy on me through weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And if you don't think that's going to be loud as people are burning forever with full knowledge that they died without the forgiveness that Jesus Christ went to the cross to make available to them. Amen. You've got a choice. You sow completely to this life or you can sow to both. And you can have a good time living for Jesus Christ and you can do something that'll matter forever. C.T. Studd wrote a big long poem one time, but we all remember this part. Only one life will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's the truth. Amen. So I'm asking you to consider this. Are there any souls going to be in heaven? I'm glad If you're saved, I'm glad you're saved. If you're a decent person, good church, I'm glad you are. I'm not diminishing that. But I am asking this. Are there any souls going to be in heaven because you sowed to the Spirit? Because you got behind a ministry, even a missionary. Is there anybody going to be there? Anybody going to hear the gospel because you went out of your way to hand out a track or to ask God for an opportunity, an open door to wit? That's how this thing works. And that God left us here and we're to be witnesses unto him. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. So I'm not asking if you're saved and you love Jesus. I'm asking you, are you sowing to the Spirit? Because if you are, well, that's going to reap life everlasting. What we sow to the Spirit lasts beyond the end of this life, beyond the grave. And and just to be honest, uh, uh, us sowing to the Spirit will accumulate crown or jewels and rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, which makes for a nice crown to return to Jesus Christ in gratitude for what he did for us, because nobody ever even attempted to die on a cross so your sins could be forgiven, and Jesus Christ did. The Bible says, He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. What, what goes around comes around tonight. Every day, every one of us sows, sows to the flesh, Sometimes to the Spirit, sometimes both, and you reap accordingly. It's, it's a law. So let me just say this. If all you're sowing, now be honest with yourself, if all you're sowing 
has been to the wrong field, the temporary, amen, the things of this life, there'll be no, no eternal consequence, amen, not souls, not reward to thank the Lord with. And you might want to give that some spiritual attention. That might be what the Lord wants you to get tonight. Amen? Thank God he gives a lot of us victory over a lot of things, but it doesn't, we haven't arrived. We've arrived at Temple Baptist Church. That's where we've arrived. And between now and when we get to glory, we're supposed to be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And we're supposed to be endeavoring to not just learn his will, but to yield ourselves vessels to it. And we all know this. The Lord is not willing that any should perish. The Lord is interested in souls. And he left us here to proclaim the most important message ever, ever given to a lost and dying world. Now I'm glad somebody came and told me. Nobody made me get saved. Nobody ever made me do anything. But I was presented with the evidence, and I made a decision. And I made the right decision. And uh, the peace of God, like I preached about today, bore witness to the fact that my sins are gone. And I'm not worried about going to hell, but I'm not just making a feather to stick in my hat out of the fact that I know I'm born again. I want to help somebody else. That's how you ought to feel. So if you gotta, you're going to sow... And you're going to reap. It's up to you. If you've been sowing to the works of the flesh and all that stuff, creeps in, it does. Amen. Uh, uh, don't pray for a crop failure. Uh, there won't be one. God is not mocked. You better get in on the mercy of God while you can. What does that mean? You need to get alone somewhere with God, whether it's an old-fashioned altar, which I happen to be a big fan of, and I see it's going the way of everything else. And I'm sad about it. Amen. In Bible school 30 years ago, we talked about the other denominations that didn't say amen and didn't go to the altar. They just take it in, take it in, take it in. And, and now we're that way. I'll tell you what, I think Lord's going to come back pretty soon because I don't know how much farther from the old-fashioned religion we can get. I'm glad I got in on it. Which brings me to this, are you saved? Are you saved tonight? I mean, you could be the best church member. I hope not the member. I hope everybody's saved. But I see church members. I, I saw a 76-year-old uh, church member get saved last week. Thank God she was honest. Thank God she said, you know what? I don't. Have, you're talking about all this assurance, all this confidence. And, and, and I don't have that. Thank God she was honest. And she got saved. I'll tell you what, her countenance was better the last three days of the meeting. Amen. Yours would be too. <laughs> what are you going to reap? You're going to reap what you sowed. Now, a church like this, I look around some of these older saints. I don't know what who we used to be talking to when we say that, but now I'm one of you. And I'm happy to be. I never in a million years thought I'd be 70 years old. And I got aches and pains and places I didn't know I had places. But I'm having the time of my life. Amen. Knowing my sins are gone. Knowing I got the answer. Knowing I got to walk with Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Amen. Many of you have that too. 
And I just want to say to those of you that have been taking this kind of preaching and this verse seriously, some of you have been sowing to the Spirit for decades, for generations, and it's apparent in some of you, thank you, and keep it up. Amen? It ain't time to lighten up. We'll know. We'll know. There'll be a trumpet when that day comes. Now, we're talking about sowing what you've reaped. The Bible says this. Whosoever, Revelation 20 and 15 says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. And there's going to be some well-meaning people that are going to be very surprised when they lift up their eyes in hell. And then there's going to be some people like me that are going to be so glad they're in heaven. And what we miss is heaven and hell doesn't hinge on good and bad. It hinges on Jesus Christ. And, and, and understanding that the blood he shed was shed to make a way for sin to be washed away, to be forgiven. And if you're in here tonight and you're not saved, scripturally born again. I'm not talking about join a church. I, I'm not talking about any of that. I got saved in jail. I didn't join anything. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I'm here to tell you tonight that if you step into eternity before you trust Christ, even if it's on the way home from a church service, you'll end up in a lake of fire because your name's not in the book of life. And the way you get it in is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So if that's your need, whatever the need, you need to get something right, you need to start sowing to the right field, you need to get saved, whatever, whatever it is, it's time to seek the Lord. Let's do business with God. Amen. Let's be glad that you reap what you sow. Let's be glad that what goes around comes around. Not worry about something coming back on us. Let's get the things that might come back on us under the blood and then start sowing to the right thing, trusting God for the results.